Welcome back to episode 48. And to be honest, guys, this is a very, very, very difficult episode for me to release. I've been sitting on this episode recording for probably about six months, I would say. And this is by far the most personal and deepest conversation we have had thus far. And thus, (laughs) my hesitation to release it. But I'm doing so today on March 5th because it's my son's 15th birthday today. And what this episode is all about is confronting the corrupt family court system. I'm going to read you what I wrote here on Facebook when I posted this video and on YouTube. I I have all these recorded live on video as well as the audio. So I'm going to read this update that is kind of in the show notes here to give you a glimpse of how really uh, vulnerable we're going to get. So, quote, confronting the corrupt family court system, are most men really, quote unquote, deadbeat dads or targeted alienated fathers systematically separated from their children? Question mark. Parental alienation describes the process and result of psychological manipulation of a child into showing unwanted fear or unwarranted fear, disrespect, or hostility towards a parent or other family members. Parental alienation, guys. Google it. Learn that. So today we dive deep and get incredibly personal and vulnerable in this podcast, episode number 48, that unfortunately many parents will experience. Share this with anybody who can benefit that's going through a separation, divorce, or court custody situation because parental alienation and family court is an epidemic that is destroying families and no one is really addressing it until my guest Eric Schwarzenberger shot a video in a family courtroom where he absolutely called out and destroyed the corrupt family court lawyers that are making millions of dollars targeting parents against each other into an attempt to stretch out the court proceedings and make more money to make non-custodial parents, mostly fathers, pay thousands of dollars to fight to even get visitation access to see their children again. It's absolutely disgusting. That video he did went viral with 1.5 million views and thousands of comments. I play the audio in the first segment of this interview that you'll hear shortly. And this is an important episode because It's the most personal topic I've covered in this series, and it's taking me, as I said, months to get up the courage to release it. And I'm choosing it today, March 5th, which is my son Ethan's 15th birthday. And leading up to this, his birthday, I've sent emails to his mom to request a Skype call to set up with him and to be able to send him his presents, and I got zero no reply, which is unfortunately common and not surprising because this same bullshit basically happens every single year and it's the worst however uh what is surprising is how a person and parent can be so sociopathic to rob their child from a healthy loving relationship from the other parent and tell the child that they don't need that other parent in their lives all right this is so common and so destructive this is abuse this is child abuse Very few people have known the whole story of the absolute hell that I've been through. And not only to maintain the relationship with my son, but to even have contact with him that has basically gone blank and silent after his mother and I broke up years ago, which resulted in a 10-year intense court custody case that I basically got completely screwed over in. 
And for the first time ever, I reveal all these details in this episode of what went down. So as a result, these 10 years fighting in court for my fatherly rights, I basically lost my rights as we settled out of court. And in doing so, it's been five years since I've been, quote unquote, allowed to visit my son. So I haven't seen my son in five years. And we haven't talked in about two and a half, which used to be every week. I I used to do Skype calls with him every single week. And that hasn't happened for uh, about two and a half years. Um, for no reasonable reason, other than his mother saying now that he's got a new dad, which is her new husband, and has completely cut me out of the picture. Um, though looking at the facts from a surface level, guys like me, Eric, and millions of other parents who are not living with or spending tons of time with their children may appear to be deadbeat dads or moms. However, you never really know the real circumstances or the legal reasons why they're not invited or allowed to have unrestricted access and a connection and relationship to their own children because of this 100% corrupt family court system. This is so sick and twisted. I could rant on forever about that. And both Eric and I, we kind of do as we share our personal stories here coming up on this episode. Uh, Disclaimer, this is not only men that struggle. Fathers face uh, this, but also women share the exact same situation. I was out with a woman the other night and she has the exact same situation for me that she's completely 100% cut off and alienated from her daughter that's only eight years old, which is just traumatizing for both parties. Um, The result of parental alienation is that both the parents and children can have symptoms of depression, addiction, uh, PTSD, trauma, lack of trust, or ability to create strong emotional connections with other people in relationships and have anger issues and an onslaught of other challenges. However, for those struggling, there is hope and it is possible to build a great life in the midst of these challenges. So what I recommend that I've done to still have a a very sustainable and healthy, you know, somewhat successful life, like I've lived a great life amidst all of these problems and challenges, is to find supportive relationships, seek out healthy activities, get into personal development, seek therapy or coaching. Feel free to reach out to me or Eric or any of the resources I have listed here below. Um, For those of you who have experienced this or know someone who has, here are some resources. Um, Parental Alienation Worldwide Support Group on Facebook. There's about 30,000 parents in the same situation as you. Uh, Ryan Thomas. Just Google Ryan Thomas Speaks. He's got incredible books about this subject, uh, as well as Michael Bone. He's a PhD and a parental alienation lawyer. Um, To be honest, the, the number one motivating reason I've started doing this podcast is for my son to get to know the real me and for him to reach out when he's older to find out the real story of who I am and not who he has been told and brainwashed to think I am. So uh, if you see this one day, um, son, happy birthday. I love you. I miss you. And this story you're about to listen to, this episode, is a glimpse of what really happened and why things were the way they are uh, for all those years growing up. Um, And when we do spend time together, I'll tell you things like your DNA cultural heritage that I just did that will be coming up next episode of both my and my mother and my father your grandparents' uh, cultural history. I did 23andMe and heritage DNA tests. You can find out where you're from. Also, things like you can find out how you got your name. For example, I chose your name 15 years ago while I was reading a book by my favorite author, Ethan Hawke, called Ash Wednesday. 
And your birth due date was on Ash Wednesday, which is a Catholic holiday, which is actually today. I just went to Mass and offered that pre- that, that service for you, uh, thus giving you the name Ethan Ashton. So all this stuff, you don't really have had a opportunity to learn. And this episode is a good place to start. So for those of you listening in, this is going deep and this is a long intro, but I wanted to kind of preface what has been going on and we're going to dive a lot deeper in here right now with my guest, Eric. So without further ado, uh, here we go. All right, welcome back everyone to the show and I am really, really excited slash nervous about this topic and what we're going to be diving deep into today. Uh, It's something I've never shared publicly about my personal experience with this, but I've got a gentleman here who has a video that went viral, you know, over a million views that really, really is an epidemic that no one is really addressing. And the reason why I brought him on and kind of had to man up myself to address this is because no one else is really publicly talking about it. And that's one of the things that I want to do with this podcast and this platform is feature people and situations that I think need to be kind of outed, for no lack of a better word. Um, Before I bring him on, I'm going to play the video and the audio. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, I'll have a link under it. You can watch the full video there. Uh, if you're just on iTunes or listening on with audio, uh, hopefully the audio picks up clearly, but you'll definitely get the message. And after the video, it's about three minutes long, and he is addressing the um, the courthouse, basically, about his human rights as a father. So just hold tight. Uh, this video is about three minutes long. It's gotten over a million views on Facebook alone. And it's the most important message I think many of you will ever hear that affects millions and millions of people around the world. So um, just hold tight, my friend. I'm going to bring you out after this video, but I think this is the best introduction possible. So I'm just going to play it here and everyone can sit back and really, really absorb what he's saying here because it is one of the best speeches I've ever heard in my life. So thank you for having me. You have three minutes and please proceed and we're glad you're here. Thank you. Um, I'm here today to speak to you in reference to family court. Along with millions of other parents in the state and across the country, I too have personally had the unfortunate privilege of becoming intimately aware of the comings and goings of the family court judiciary. I can attest firsthand that there is not a single article of the United States Constitution that is not routinely violated in family court. It is a court where both I and millions of parents like me, as well as our children, are routinely subjected to egregious violations of our civil rights. I had my 11-month-old baby boy kidnapped and abducted from me by unjustifiable and unconstitutional state intervention, despite the fact that I had never committed or been convicted of any crime or abuse. I was afforded no presumption of innocence, no trial, no chance to face my accusers. The family court commissioner was my judge, jury, and executioner. I was categorically denied due process. So why are family courts throughout this state and this country separating children from perfectly loving, fit, and capable fathers without due process? What's driving all of it? Our government has financially incentivized the kidnapping and trafficking of children for profit through Title IV-D of the Social Security Act, otherwise known as child support. Shocked and stupefied are not strong enough terms to describe 
my state of mind when I found out that the entire judiciary in California, including this council, are under contract with the executive branch agencies to help assist with enforcing Title IV-D in exchange for federal incentive funds. Article 3, Section 3 of the California State Constitution states that the powers of state government are legislative, executive, and judicial. Persons charged with the exercise of one power may not exercise either of the others. According to the California Code of Judicial Ethics, a judge needs to uphold the integrity and independence of the judiciary. In what way, shape, or form could any of you sit here with a straight face and maintain that the judiciary is independent or impartial when you've crawled into bed with the executive branch in exchange for money? This is nothing short of state-sponsored abduction and trafficking of our children for profit. Worst of all, this corruption is committed under the guise that it's all done in the best interest of our children. Well, I got a newsflash for everyone in this room today. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes, 32 times the average. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes, 20 times the average. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes, 14 times the average. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes, nine times the average. So when the family courts tell us that you're taking our children away from fathers and driving those fathers into poverty through the racketeering and extortion activities of Title IV-D, that it's all done in our child's best interest, excuse me when I say I don't know what the hell any of you are talking about. I'd like to leave you guys with a quote. The state must declare the child to be the most precious treasure of the people. As long as the government is perceived as working for the benefit of the children, the people will happily endure almost any curtailment of liberty and almost any deprivation. Adolf Hitler. Thank you. Wow. Um, so just to go back, uh, let me just pause this here. So that video, as I mentioned, has over 1 million views. Yeah. 1 million views, um, almost 1,200 comments almost 30,000 shares and almost 8,000 uh, likes. So I'm just gonna close this out. I think that's the perfect way to welcome our guest, Mr. Eric Schaffenberger. And man, first of all, I want to, I want to, uh, I want to just acknowledge you, man, for, for doing that and taking a stand and going into that courthouse and, uh, like I said, when I reached out to you, I said, that's one of the best speeches I've ever seen and heard in my life. And uh, this message is one that needs to be uh, spoken and heard so badly. And I just want to thank you, brother, for taking the time to come in here and share. Uh, I know it's kind of a, a personal, um, personal situation. And I'm going to kind of lay a lot of cards on the table that I've never shared before either. So um, come on out and uh, introduce yourself, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's good to be here. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, <laughs> it's definitely one of the, No, you're good, man. Um, it's, uh, it's been a wild ride, dude. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that video, video to get as much traction uh, as it did. So it's been pretty crazy. So maybe just walk me through how did that you get that video? Like it was looked like it was right recorded from like the, the, the council courthouse. Um, so, so yeah, I'm just kind of curious how that, uh, how that even happened to get that footage and go in and present, like, what was that? What was that process like? Yeah. So it actually, uh, it wasn't a, a court date or a courthouse. 
the the panel that I was speaking to is actually the Judicial Council of California. So they're like the governing body of the judicial branch of the California state government. Uh, and they're based down in San Francisco. Got and it. so uh, they have business meetings that come up throughout the year and they allow public comment. And so I was like, eh, I'm going to go down there and uh, give them a piece of my mind, you know? <laughs> and uh, I, I thought long and hard about what I wanted to say. And it's actually really interesting because I planned a completely different speech, right? So I originally, and I didn't change my mind until the night before. So my original plan was to like, I wrote this speech that was like very kid gloves and it was to go down there to like win the hearts and minds, you know, and try to get on someone's good side. And, and, you know, surely they can't all be, you know, bad people or whatever. And, and then, I was kind of sleepless the night before friggin' friends, man. Like I, I sh you know, and it's the, the status quo of family court and how the judiciary operates, not just in California, but across the United States, they've been screwing over parents, um, mainly fathers, but a lot of mothers as well for, for decades now. So these people are well aware of what's going on and I, there's, there's no winning their hearts. Like these people are, have got fat pensions, fat paychecks that they're taking care of their children with. Yeah. So they're going to resist um, any sort of uh, anything that would threaten their little nest egg. They're going to protect their, in my opinion, I think it's racketeering. I think it's racketeering and extortion and uh, they're going to protect their racket at all costs. So literally the night before I was like, well, I'm just going to go down there and call these people out as hard as I possibly can get it on video and then release it online and just see what happens. And uh, it went viral. So <laughs> Yeah, talking about viral, over a million views, and um, before we had a, a chance to speak, and, you know, what is the response or, you know, putting yourself on a platform like that? Like, I'm sure there's been a lot of people like myself reaching out to you. Like, I'm sure you've heard a lot of stories uh, of, of people on the other end of it, you know? Like, I'm just kind of curious, what has the feedback kind of been? Um, yeah, honestly, it's, uh, oh boy, it's been honestly overwhelming extremely overwhelming and it's it's really bittersweet you know it's a real melancholy kind of thing for me uh because there's definitely there's definitely been so much support so many fathers and you wouldn't believe how many mothers how many women have been reaching out to me you know basically saying like thank you so much like either these are our mothers who have dealt with family courts and they've gotten the short end of the stick or it's the wives of men who are you know have children from another marriage who are just being completely oppressed and taken to the woodshed by our government um so it, overwhelming support but it's also been kind of depressing as well i mean overnight man my inbox just was flooded with horror stories i mean so many that i mean i'm still responding to them i'm still you know, got people reaching out to me, telling me their stories of like, you know, of, you know, of them going through it, of, of losing their children, of being unjustly, uh, unjustly having their access to their own children limited, um, you know, for one reason or another. And none of them seem to be really good reasons at all, you know. So it's, it's been pretty, pretty wild. And it's definitely an issue that touches millions of people and not just parents, but a lot of so many children are affected by this and uh i think that really shows with 
there's probably hundreds of pathologies that are directly related to single parent homes. Uh, usually where the father's not there. That's one of the biggest epidemics right now is that one in four children live in a home without their biological father in the United States. It's a pretty bad deal. One in four, that's actually kind of less than I thought. I thought it might be higher than that, actually. That's still a a terrible stat, but I thought it would be even worse than that. Um, I have seen sources from the U.S. Census Bureau that say like one in three, that there's about 24 million children that live without their biological father in the United States right now. So it kind of varies. Exactly. That's that's only in the U.S. And, uh, you know, I'm Canadian and I went through this exact same disaster for a decade, more than, in the Canadian uh, family court system. And it's, it's the most traumatic thing I think anyone could go through. It's, it's, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. And uh, it's such a, it's almost a joke. Like if I didn't have the support system that I had around going through this, I was like, I don't know how old you are, but when I, I found out that my girlfriend was pregnant, I was like 22 years old, 22 years old. You know, my son now is 14 years old. And having this distance relationship with him and going through court in my early 20s when all my friends were going to clubs and partying and I was meeting with lawyers and doing parenting assessments and just the the stress and trauma that someone goes through at any age regardless of that young age man it's it's uh it's no joke and it's I would say it's the number one reason why we have um a lot of the suicides and addiction issues and depression that we have and not only, you know, the parents that go through it, but the children that are stuck in the middle of it. And that's the real tragedy that no one's really addressing is the children that are being used as pawns in separations or divorces. And that is just, I couldn't, luckily when I was growing up, my parents were, you know, together and I never had to go through that. I'm just trying to fathom what that would be like at, at a young age going through your family house, just being broken up. And if that's not tra- you know, traumatizing enough to have the emotional pull of the parents trying to put each other, you know, pit them against the one parent, it's, it's, it's awful. It's absolutely the worst thing. Yeah, 100% agree. And, you know, one of, the, one of the worst things that I have come to find in doing my own research and looking to looking into specifically the family court system in the United States. And, you know, I mentioned it during my address to the judicial council is all of the financial financial incentives that are hidden throughout the whole process. Right. You know, and I've had some people kind of detract, you know, and uh, you know, like leaving comments, you know, that weren't necessarily positive ones, but I mean, that those are in such the minority. I mean, the vast majority of people are like, this is awesome. We're totally behind it. We support you, you know, but there's some people that are like, Oh, just pay your child support. You lazy bum type thing. It's not about that. It's, right. It's, no. Uh, the, and it, you know, the point is, is that it, it's fraudulent. I mean, these people are talking about quote unquote child support and what they're really talking about is welfare recoupment. So uh, basically um, it's, there's kind of a standard protocol of how these divorces happen in the United States, you know, where, uh, most of the time it's, you know, the, the, the spouse or the wife. I mean, uh, out of all the divorces that happened in the United States, 80 plus percent of them are all initiated by the wife, right? So really? this, 
eight, over 80%. Absolutely. hundred percent. You can take it to the bank. There's sources on that. So married fathers seldom ever initiate divorce proceedings. Um, so this, this propaganda notion of like, Oh, dad beat dad. There's just dads, you know, bailing on their families left and right. Total bullshit. Sorry. I don't know if you want me to cuss or not. But. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, it's, it's crap. It's not, it's not happening. Most of them are initiated by, um, you know, the other side. And then what ends up happening is through accusation alone, accusation alone is enough to get your kids ripped away from you without any sort of trial any sort of evidentiary hearing, any sort of semblance of due process whatsoever that is supposedly guaranteed in the Constitution of the United States, right? That you have a right to a jury trial, a chance to face your accuser, and all this stuff. It's absolutely not true in family court. I mean, based on an accusation alone, they rip your kids away from you just to kind of CYA, cover their rear end, and that's, that creates a precedent to where you're always fighting uphill. You're, yeah. It's just an uphill battle from there. It's guilty until proved innocent, basically. Um, are you familiar with parental alienation? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think that this is, this is the biggest threat to our healthy families and societies and relationships between parents and children that literally no one knows about. And I'm going to read what the definition of, of it is here for those of people who are not familiar with it. So it says, I'm just on the Wikipedia page, it says parental alienation is a process and the result of psychological manipulation of a child into showing unwarranted fear, disrespect, or hostility towards a parent and or other family members. It is, distinctive, it is a distinctive form of psychological abuse towards both the child and the rejected family members that occurs most, extinct, uh, most exclusively in the association with family separation or divorce particularly where legal action is involved. It undermines the core principles of both the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and the United Nations Convention of the Rights of the Child. Most commonly, the primary cause is a parent wishing to exclude other, the other parent from the life of their child. But other family members or friends, as well as professionals involved with the family, including psychologists, lawyers, and judges, may contribute significantly may contribute significantly to the process. It often leads to long-term or even permanent estrangement of a child from one parent and family members and as a particularly adverse childhood experience. Results, in uh, results increase lifetime risks of both mental and physical illness. So when I first heard about this at 23, 24 years old and really looked into it deeply, I was like, this is serious and this is exactly what i'm experiencing uh with with the uh just the, the the abuse that my ex put towards the relationship i had and uh with my with my son and the effects are so and i've re-read countless reports watched countless youtube videos went to conferences talked with professionals and experts and i encourage people to look back in their own family dynamics. If you don't have a very good relationship with one of your parents, ask yourself why? What were the leading causes to separate you from that parent? And so often, and I've talked to countless people that, you know, when they, when they say, oh, I don't really talk to my dad, or I don't really have a good relationship with my mom. And when I dig deeper and get them to really think about it, 
it all comes back to something that they were told from the other parent. Oh, your dad, he doesn't care about you. Or, oh, your mom, you know, she cheated on me and she's not a good person. Or all these psychology, you know, it just, it just torments and totally destroys a relationship against the targeted parent. You know, I'm going to have some links down below this video for people to do more research um, on this topic themselves. But it's real and it's happened to me and millions and millions of other very good, loving, caring parents that because the other parent has a, an agenda to ruin your relationship with your child, it happens just like that. So that's my soapbox rant about how important parental alienation is and how it needs to be uh, looked at as what it is, abuse. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. And unfortunately, it happens all too often. And uh, it's not a, a, a gender issue. It, there are fathers that can engage in parental alienation. There's sure. mothers that engage in parental alienation. And I think one of the number one things that, you know, that I could encourage any other single parent or, or, you know, parents that have gone through a divorce, if there's anything that I could say to encourage both moms and dads is encourage your children to have a relationship with the other parent. Don't discourage it and, and learn to love your children more than you hate your ex. Basically, you know, you should love your kid more than whatever. You know, your former spouse or your ex or whatever the, your, your children should take precedence and you know, you guys both created them. And so it, it's only, uh, only fitting that you would encourage that child to have the best relationship. Fortunately, it doesn't, doesn't always happen like that, you know? And uh, I've, seen, I've actually seen some really cool lectures that have been done by children who were victims of parental alienation, who literally grew up their whole childhood, their whole young adult life and into adulthood thinking, you know, my mom never loved me or my dad never loved me and they were just some piece of shit that, that bounced and took off. And then lo and behold, they get older, they start asking questions and they realize that separation wasn't actually the product of their parent willfully leaving. It was through uh, very cold and calculated yeah. forms of manipulation by their own parent to basically sabotage their relationship with the, uh, the alienated parent. Well, here's what I'll go on that. I agree a thousand percent. And I did something very similar that you did. I put together a 15 page document that I submitted to the Canadian family court when I was going through all of this outlining the patterning of, and I can share about this because to be honest, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like I know your situation is different. You're currently in litigation with your, um, within the family court. Mine is just a mess and it'll never be, uh, you know, I don't, I'm, I'll never say never, but I'm at a point now where I just want to expose the truth and, and help prevent other people going through the trauma and just freaking torture I went through. Uh, so I put together a 15 page outline of exactly what my situation was and traced it back through my ex's family history that her mother had three children from three different men. None of these fathers were allowed to have any any relationship, any contact with her children, not their children, her children. And when I 
was in this relationship with this woman and saw that, I was like, this is the definition of dysfunction. And I was, I, you know, like it, it, light bulbs are going off. And then same with her sister. Her sister had a, a child and had a restraining order against the father. And I didn't really put two and two together. They're like, hey, this is patterning here. You know, like there's only so many, you know, circumstances. And then it comes down to, hey, you know, these are clues, man. And then to see the exact same thing happen to myself when I was just systematically deleted and used the same way these other fathers were to just be, you know, manipulatively cut out using the court system because they're professionals at, you know, navigating it. You know, the mother told both of her daughters exactly how to do it and how to milk the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, that was my frustrating thing. It's like, man, like, I, how did I not see the writing on the wall here? But it's just like you said, it's just this conditioning and there's no real rights for parents because this goes deeper than what happens in a courtroom. This is what's happening in their conversations with the child. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't have to go to that visit if you don't want to. Oh, you're not feeling well. Okay, well, don't see him today. Oh, you're tired. Don't make that phone call to to mom or dad tonight. Just these Mm -hmm. little things end up snowballing. And then the next thing you know, you're in my situation where you have basically, you know, no access anymore. Like I went from seeing my, my son, you know, flying down to visit all the time to being denied any, you know, Skype calls even now. Like it's, it's so, it's a slippery slope. And once it starts going, it snowballs really quick. And that's why I can, I can understand that when, when people say, oh, I haven't seen my sit, my, my, my child, my child in like, you know, 10 years. Yeah starts with these little, little things missing a weekend here and there that they're not allowing. And then it goes to this. And then, and then the child would just think, well, I don't need them, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's the worst. It's the fucking worst. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. And it's, it's all prodded on by a manipulation from the, the parent that wants to sabotage the relationship with the other. And I mean, that's happening in my situation too. I mean, uh, when, uh, when my ex left, my son was 11 months, 11 months old, and now he's two. And I mean, th- there's times where, you know, during the exchanges going to pick him up where uh, he'll be all smiles, totally happy to see me, right? And my ex will rock him back and forth and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I know you don't want to go with him. I know you don't want to go. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding. It's like, that's the lowest of the low for me. It's like, yeah. Man, it's like, clearly you don't like me and I'm totally okay with that. But like, you're manipulating your own flesh and blood that bad, mm-hmm. you know, where, where literally you're taking your child saying, oh, I know you don't want to go with him. I mean, there's times where the car door opens up and my two-year-old is calling me by my first name. And I'm just that's like, hmm, and, and what, you know what? I, I hate to say it, man, but that's how it started with me and yeah. that's how it's continued. It's, yeah, it's, and it's like who you know, and, and I, I I'm hearing my son say hi Eric, hi Eric. Yeah. And I'm just like, who the hell taught him my first name? Like why why you know, it's uh you know, and, and it's really sad because I mean it, it's actively in, encouraged, you know. I mean yeah. the, the times where I go to get him and it's okay, time to go see Eric, and I'm like, uh no, he's supposed to call me dad, and it's like, oh don't worry, there there's someone else that he calls dad now. So I mean it's it's total total alienation dude i mean it's manipulation it's uh psychological manipulation and ultimately i believe it's child abuse oh it's the it's it's the most extreme form because it's taking their sacred relationship and just 
just destroying it. It, it, It's the worst thing to do to anyone. And people say that this is going to sound extreme, man, but the butterfly effect that comes from this, like we talked about in the beginning, how it's the result of, let's be honest, just like depression, addiction, and suicide on both sides, the parent's side and the children's side, because they can't be happy without being in a toxic environment like that. I think Mm -hmm. people that do this, it should be jail sentence, like immediately. Mm -hmm. Like if there's any form of this, they're not going to stop unless there's consequences. You know, look at all these people. I just read an article the other day about this guy who is facing 99 years in jail because of a a claim that his ex-girlfriend said that he was abusive to her. And the only thing that saved his life was a Facebook picture that he posted a selfie of him on the exact same night that she said that it happened. He was in like another town or something. And if he didn't have that picture, this guy would have been in jail for 99 years. And the thing was, not one... charge or was filed or any consequence for the for the uh for the girlfriend doing that that's insane because there's no why would why wouldn't people do this because there's no there's no consequences no there's no repercussions whatsoever for making whatever accusations or embellishing or or anything like that no consequences whatsoever and they only stand to gain it only stands to give someone a foothold when you're going through you know a custody battle or a divorce or something like that um and uh, yeah, it's just, it's all bad. And you know, I could never, I can't even imagine like being on the receiving end of, of being alienated, you know, and having to hear my son call me by my first name. Like I could never in a million years, ever, 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 ever be able to look at my sweet little boy and tell him, call that woman by her first name. Yeah, like exactly. I couldn't do I couldn't do it. Like, there's just no way. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand what goes through some people's head or how people can be filled with that much hate that it's like they're you can so, look they're, at it. They're, so, they're it's simple, man. They're sociopaths. They're straight up sociopaths. Like, that's the only, that's how it is. Like, that's right. how low it has to be and call it what it is. It's sociopathic behavior. And the thing that really is the, um, collateral damage in all this is people like this. These are my parents who have seen their only grandchild once, one time, actually twice when he was born, they were there. And then when he was about four or five years old. And since then they've not been allowed to visit or even talk to them, talk to him in, in years, in years. And it's, it's, you know, it's not just the parent that's involved in this. It's the extended family member. It's the child never knowing and understanding who his family background and real heritage roots are because that half of the family is just deleted. So how can they be secure, confident, and have any kind of self-awareness on, on a high level because half of their wholeness has just been terminated? So... Mm-hmm. It goes deep, man. It goes really, really deep. Yeah, 100%. And um, uh, a lot of people have been asking me, you know, like, what are, what's the solution? Like, how do we fix all of this stuff? And 
Um, if anyone's is interested, go check out the Father's Rights Movement. They're a group on Facebook. They have a main Facebook page, although I've, I've heard rumors that it got taken down in like the last couple of days. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but there's a Father's Rights Movement page for every state in the United States. There may be one for Canada. I'm not sure, but they've been pushing and they actually got passed um, a shared parenting bill and they are, they are advocating for a 50-50 rebuttable presumption of shared parenting in the case of divorce where there are children involved. And basically what the bill does is it makes it that in the event that there's a divorce where there are two parents that are fit parents, mm -hmm. right? The judges have no, um, they cannot deviate from starting by default at 50, 50 right now that can be rebutted by evidence, meaning that, you know, if one of the parents is not a fit parent, the burden of proof is on you to, to prove it, right? People have the right to be innocent until proven guilty. So if mom or dad is really scummy and you know they are truly an unfit parent, you're given the, the opportunity to show your evidence, present that, and then the judges can consider that. But absent any evidence that, that you know, either of the parents are unfit, they have, they, it forces the judges to begin at 50-50. Right. So it can be modified if the parents want to, yeah. but it, it's a, it's a great bill and it starts everything out on an even playing field. And I think if we could get a bill like that passed in every state in the country, that would be, that would be huge. That'd be absolutely huge. You know, I, I'm not going to share too much on this cause it's, it's still um, in development, but I'm actually working on a project that is a way for couples to basically put together a contract, kind of like a prenup, but not around the finances, but around the parenting. And, uh, and, and using some of the, the new technology, I'm kind of involved in blockchain and stuff. So uh, there's ways to do these contracts where it can be peer-to-peer. -peer. And the thing is, with using lawyers, you know, like lawyers are one of the biggest problems. And basically, uh, I went through a number of them and realize that their incentive is to keep this drawn out as long as possible because that's their billing hours. They don't want to resolve this. They want to stretch your case out that should only be maybe a couple weeks or a couple trials into years. And it's just, it's like you said, it's the biggest racket that they're making. It's a billion dollar industry. Like the divorce industry is a billion dollar industry and it's just getting bigger, you know, like especially nowadays with, uh, with just, it, it's just, it's not going anywhere unless like what you said, these bills come out and people start taking their, uh, private matters and empowering themselves to set up parenting plans and contracts and prenups themselves. I think anyone who gets married these days with a prenup is a freaking, just, what are you thinking? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, to be honest, man, it's like, you've got a 50% chance, like that this is not going to work out and how many of your past relationships have, have worked out. Right, right. It's actually a little numbers. bit over that now. Yeah. I think it's like 52% now. It's a little bit over 50 of all marriages fail. Yeah. You know, I had, I had a guy, I had a guy tell me once, uh, and he was like, yeah, he's like, you want to know what I tell all my friends when they're about to get married? He's like, uh, and he, he just tells this story about like, Hey, let's say, uh, we're, we're going to go skydiving. Right. I put you in the plane, we get up to altitude, we put your parachute on, we open the door, you're standing in the doorway, you're ready to jump. And then he's like, oh, by the way, before you jump, there's a 52% shot that your, you know, your parachute may or may not open. Are you still going to jump? And when he put it that way, I was just like, oh, man, like, yeah, there's no way in hell. 
you know? So I, I wish somebody had told me that a long time ago. <laughs> I got to save myself a lot of trouble. Well, and a lot of money, man. Like divorce, <laughs> it's like the most financially crippling thing anyone can go through. You know, like a, yeah. a friend of mine just lost like a $200,000 house that he just bought. Mm -hmm. And is, you know, like, um, and it just happens all the time. You know, like it's just, uh, yeah, yeah, man. It, it's, it's, you know, the, the, you have to be optimistic, but at the same time, you have to be realistic, you know, like, yeah. um, at least protect yourself as much as you can moving forward and right, uh, right. covering the basis and out of curiosity after going through this, um, has your perception, like, do you think you'll ever get married or have another kid or, or anything like that? No, nope. no way. Exactly. Me too. It. <laughs> like literally it's just, not, it's just not worth it, you know? And it, it's sad. It's sad because it's like, that's all I cared about, man. Like, yeah. You know, the, and and the way the way that our divorce happened was extremely abrupt like i did not see it coming like at all and i mean i was uh i was totally committed to my family like that's that's what i wanted like i just i love being a dad like that's the best thing in the world for me i love my two little boys more than life itself and um you know so at this point that's basically what i'm i'm committed to i just want to be the best dad that I can for them. I'm still fighting it out in court. I'm facing going to jail here uh, soon for, for contempt of court because I can't afford to pay their, their extortion payments that they call child support. <laughs> Are you serious? Dead serious, yeah. My, my, my ex uh, is, uh, and her attorney filed a motion to hold me in contempt of court. And uh, I haven't been able to hold a Dude, I, I've, over the last year and a half, I've been in court literally probably over 30 times and uh in, in how mean, long of, in how long of a period in like a, in a year, in a year and, 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 oh yeah 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 easily i mean you know and, and the, it's still going you know um and uh and, and this is also you know these, these people who are you know wanting to throw me in jail for contempt of court right are the same people that approached my attorney early on and said they will drop all of the child support provided that I do what? Terminate all my rights to my son. So, so these people don't, I mean, you know, it's, it's really sad. You know, my ex, she does not care about the money whatsoever. This is being used purely as a tool to uh, alienate me from my son. And uh, so it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm taking it in stride and gonna, you know, keep putting up the good fight, you know, but uh, you know, the state, the state needs to change too. I mean, the government should not be allowing this kind of stuff to go on, but the reason why they do is because they make serious dough on it. Um, specifically in California, every child support case goes through what's called a child support magistrate. This is a guy who's not a judge. He's not a real judge. It's not even a real court proceeding, right? But he's got the black robe on and he's sitting up there and he's got a bailiff and you know, you're at the courthouse, right? Um, but it's an administrative process, right? And what I came to find out is, and I have the documents, I can, you know, after we're done, I will send these to you if you want to see them. But I was able to find the documents that show that these child support magistrates are actually under contract with the enforcement agencies, right, to help assist them with enforcing it. And they get kickbacks from the federal government to do it. So, 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 you know, part of, part of our government, not only at the federal level in the United States, but, but also at the state level, is we adhere to a doctrine called the separation of powers. I don't know if you've heard of that before. 
But basically, the way it is, is our government is made up of three different branches, right? Judicial, legislative, and executive, right? Uh, the judicial, that's like the courts and everything. The legislative, that's who writes the laws. And the executive branch, uh, they're the ones that enforce it, right? Well, it's really, really important that all of those three stay separated, yeah. right? So, so essentially what they're doing, uh, imagine a, a guy is on trial who's a, a allegedly committed a murder, right? And then right before the trial kicks off, they find out that the, that the judge who is supposed to be remaining impartial, you know, and an unbiased guy to like judge and make a decision, uh, you know, turns out that he's actually uh, under contract with the prosecutor to help increase conviction rates in exchange for money. That's exactly what's happening um, in these child support cases. So these judges' salaries are these fake judges' salaries, these commissioners are directly reimbursed through federal incentive funds. And how are those funds earned? By the collection efforts made on behalf of the enforcement agency. They're earned through the amount of child support uh, cases that are opened in general. So the more cases they open, the more money they collect and extort from people, the more money these, these assholes make. So in my opinion, these judges, these family court judges, court commissioners, they are simple fucking thieves period end of story and yep. they're making their money their racketeering scheme is based on trafficking children period i mean it's it really is that simple and it's not it's not exaggerating either i mean when you when you follow the money that's what you find it, it's even written into the california family code right that they, that the legislation has found that the county child for or child support enforcement agencies create a net increase in revenue for the state so well that is ridiculous, and I believe it a thousand percent because um, two things I want to point on here. One is I'm going to try and help you out and show you how you've got a, that video that's gone viral with like a million views. Right. Did you ever think about putting a, a link for a GoFundMe down there saying, hey, I'm trying to fight this fight. I'm going to be put in jail. Like, I like I could help you set that up, man. Like that, that would definitely get traction and people would definitely support that. And I think that that would be phenomenal for, yeah. you know, like I've, I've never, I've never thought about that. Um, but I mean, I'd definitely be willing to talk to you about it. And yeah, I'm, but, I'm, but my background's in internet marketing and stuff. And definitely with the views and the traffic you're getting to that video, there's definitely ways to monetize it. Like for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I just can't believe that a guy like yourself could be facing jail because yeah. that's the way the system's set up. Like, that's so fucked. Right. Okay, well, here's a guy doing everything he can, trying to be a, the best dad he can for, for his kids. Oh, well, let's now put him in jail because he can't meet this quota. Like, that's so unbelievable. And the, and the, and the only reason why, you know, I'm even, I even got to the point where of being unemployed was because of all the stress and all the drama and constantly being called away from my job, right? Yeah, yeah, to go to to go to court. Sure. You know, you think you think my employer likes that that I have to constantly say, uh, "Oh, hey, I got to take another day off." And you know, it's actually double for every day that you have to go to court. There's usually days beforehand that you have to take off because the only way to file paperwork and responses yeah. to whatever they're trying to do is to you have to physically have to go to the courthouse and you know file a bunch of paperwork and it's just like you know it, or, talking to these people is like talking to a brick wall they just don't care yeah they don't care they don't care like i said it's just more money for them to have yeah. the process continue 
Um, or the other option is to hire a, an attorney to go do that for you, but he's charging you a couple hundred bucks an hour to go and file like a piece of paper, you know, like it's, yeah. it's, in, it's insane. It's absolutely the definition of insanity. Yeah. Um, the second thing I want to talk, touch on that was number one to try and help out with that situation financially to get you, uh, you know, um, avoid going to jail. That's, that's so man, I can't believe that. But to be honest, I was very close to being in your similar situation because what you said about how your, uh, your ex said, if you sign these papers, then this is, you know, what, what'll happen. So after about a decade, 10 years of going through what you went through in court, meeting, conference calls, court trial, all this stuff, right before it was going to trial, after like countless, uh, countless um, uh, hearings, it's about to go to trial, and then she flees Canada. She leaves Canada, moves to the States, gets married down there, and then they're like, oh, well, this case is now closed because the primary residence is in California. So you have two options. A, start all over after a decade in the Canadian court system, go down to California, start over where the price is like triple. And I'm not a resident there. I can't go and work down there. Um, Or you can just try and work it out yourself. And I was like, at this time, I was like 29 years old. No, I was like about 30, just over 30 years old. And I was like, I got to start making some money. (laughs) You know, like I got to get my life back on track. (laughs) Right. And I was like, okay, well, she moved to California. And, and then at this time, things were actually starting to get better between us. Like we were starting to talk. I was going to California to go visit him and, uh, and this and that. And then basically she said, look, here's a, here's an offer. I'll give you everything you want. Unlimited access. You know, you can come visit anytime. Um, we'll just quit all this legal stuff, you know, cause we were both exhausted and, and, you know, broke from it. And, and she's like, but the one thing I want is now that I'm married uh, to, to this guy, I won't mention his name, but now that I'm married and they had a child themselves, um, the only thing we want, uh, we don't want any, any more, because I was paying child support the whole time and everything. I never miss a month of child support or anything. And she said, the, the one thing that we want is to have the legal rights of the father being her new husband. Right. I said, absolutely not. So basically to adopt, like to kind of do like a family adoption with, right, right. I said, absolutely not. I'm, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to sign off on that. No, I'll go back to court. Then she says, do you realize what you're saying? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. And then she says, okay, well, we're going to file for this motion anyway. And we're going to get it because we're a stable family. You know, he's been in my care and custody the whole time. And, uh, and, and now if you don't allow this and don't go through with what we want, we're going to make it impossible for you to have any contact or relationship with our son. So they basically use your own son as this little pawn. Well, they blackmailed me. It was straight up blackmail. They said, if you don't do this, if you don't sign, uh, this agreement, then basically you'll never see and talk to your son again. And we're going to go back to court and we'll get approved for this because of this, this, and this. And after thinking about it and just being so burnt out and just because before that, they were letting me go visit him all the time I wanted. Things were finally good. I was doing the Skype calls every week. 
things were finally becoming normal, you know, like it was finally a, a healthier environment. And right. I was like, well, you know, really what you really want is time and access to my son. You know, that's, that's really what I want. And she's saying she's going to give me unlimited of that. And uh, I didn't care about not having to do the child support and stuff anymore. That wasn't the, the motivating factor. I just wanted to have a normal, stressless relationship with my son and right. not deal with lawyers in court anymore. So I made the biggest regret of my life. And I, I said, okay, I don't want to go back to the court. I don't want to lose contact with my son. I bought into her, her lie and her scheme. So as soon as I signed it, they went dark. Yeah. Communication closed. And now I have no legal repercussions because right. I signed away the little right I still had. And that was my biggest regret, man. And I got totally played and I got totally fucked again. And right. since then, that's been four years and I haven't seen him been able to see him. I've, I was back in Canada this, this past summer, a couple months ago, reached out. No, it's not a good idea. We don't want you to come visit. Uh, last time I had a call with him was at Christmas two years ago. And, uh, and then at the end of the call, he just hung up on me because his mom came in. Like, right. it's, I've never shared this publicly, and this is probably a shock to when I, when I release this, a lot of people. But the thing is why I'm sharing this is because two reasons. One... A lot of people that look at guys like you and me, and if they just asked, when's the last time you saw your, your child? And, and if I said, automatically think, oh, deadbeat dad, or he doesn't care about his child. But the reality is, is I freaking fought for over a decade in court, tens of thousands of dollars. The the, just, I, I did everything humanly possible to maintain contact and a relationship with my son as possible period. And for people on the outside looking in, all they see is the fact, oh, well, he's not around. And I'm sure like his school teachers that I've reached out to are like, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, you're not around. So we're not going to give you any access to any information, things like that. Yeah. And for people watching this, I want you to think about your own family situation. What's the real reason? Do you know the real reason or the real story why your mom or your dad wasn't around? I bet you it wasn't because they didn't want to be. It's because they weren't allowed to be, especially looking back through her family dynamics with all these other fathers that have been separated, you know, and their kids have no idea. They just hate their dads. You know, it's, a, it's, it's just like this. Oh, my dad's, in a, you know, he didn't care about me. He took off. No, he probably did exactly what I tried to do, too, but was obviously unsuccessful, just like I have been, you know, like it's so, man, I wasn't expecting on sharing this much, but this here is, that's him. That's, that's my boy that I haven't been able to basically father because of the circumstances we've, you've, you've talked about, you know? Yeah. So yeah, man. It's, and, and it's crazy. There's usually no reason for it. I mean, there's no reason. The only I mean, reason I, why I'll, I'll just finish on that. The only reason this all happened was because when he was a few months old, I found out that she did not register me on the birth certificate did not declare me as the father and gave him her last name instead of my last name. And wow. then what, what started all of this, I said, well, that's going to change. You're going to register me on the birth certificate because I was there when he was born. We discussed, <laughs> him, we discussed him. I didn't even want him to only have my last name. I said, well, he'll have both of our last names. She yeah. said, okay, okay. And then when we were leaving the hospital, she signed everything without me. I, 
I didn't know what I needed to do there. So it's my first time having a baby in a hospital. Like, I don't know what I should be doing. So she did it. It was all set up before. And then, uh, and then I said, okay, well, if you don't do it, then I'm going to get a lawyer and I'm going to ensure my, my fatherly rights are acknowledged. Right. And that just set off this whole thing. There was no abuse. There was no anything else to justify all this. It was just her wanting to protect her son and have things her way. Right. And that's that. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like kind of, kind of the same thing with me. I mean, there, you know, what's incredible is that pre our divorce, nothing, nothing like no, no issues, no, nothing like, and then post-divorce, I am Satan himself. You know what I mean? Like the allegations, accusations of abuse and all this stuff. And it's like the craziest part. It's like, you know, okay, but you can't produce one police report. You can't yeah. produce any tangible evidence of basically anything, you know? And I'm a guy like to this day, never been arrested never been charged with or convicted of any crime, any abuse ever in my fucking life, man, ever. I've literally never done anything wrong, you know? And, uh, apparently guys like that just, uh, you know, I mean, I, dude, I, I rarely even drink, dude. Like <laughs> I haven't been drunk in two years. I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and yet guys like that, apparently it's just like, Oh, you know, got, got to limit their access to their children, you know? And I got a, a buddy of mine. He was actually, he's a former firefighter. And that is crazy to think about. So here's a guy who he was also alienated from his children, his four boys. And, you know, here's a guy who he is entrusted with the, the lives of everyday citizens in public, but yet you won't trust this dude with the lives of his own children. Like it just blows my mind. You know? If you, if you want to hear something even more ironic than that at the time, when I was going through all of this, I was, uh, I worked for child and family services as a youth support worker. I had, two, really? I had two foster kids that I was caring for two foster kids that were taken in by child family services that wow. I was their support worker for. And I was working at the public school system in Canada uh, working with at-risk youth as a, pretty much as a counselor. So I wow. was a school counselor in a school system, in a, in, a, in a high school, and I had a second job as a youth worker at a child and family services. And I had, I had letters of reference from both of them to the court saying, this, this is unprecedented. Like, what is happening here? And they still said I had to have supervised visit access with my own children <laughs> that's crazy man when i was the guy doing the supervising for these other foster kids yeah like yep. the, like the 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 it, you can't even write a more ironic situation you know like yeah. it's so twisted and like here's the thing like i'm a university graduate i'm a university professor here i was a ted talk speaker like you know like i it's not like i'm some <laughs> freaking junkie on the corner right. you know? like, all right, yeah. And, I, and, and the thing that's so frustrating to me, I know guys that are, you know, I don't want to say unfit parents, but that definitely have questionable behavior and they're living with their kids, you know? Sure. And I'm just like, because the mother likes them still, the mother still loves them. But I know as soon as the shoe drops and that relationship ends, they're going to be exactly in our situation, which is right. terrible to say, but that's just, that's just how it is. You know, like it's people got to be super careful, you know? And, uh, 
Yeah. And, 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 and if we can just keep pushing, uh, you know, I think the way out of this is to, you know, the state needs to start adopting positions and endorsing policies that protect parents' relationships to their kids, not hinder them. You know, I mean, it, I find it unbelievable that, you know, the state wants to, that, you know, the state will be the cause for why there is a discrepancy or, 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 um, you know, uh, a disparity between the access of a father to his children. And then the state says, you know, oh, well, we're not going to pay for that. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. There's perfectly good dads over here. And he would have a hundred percent. He would take his kid full time if that were the case. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the only reason why he's limited to the access that he has is because of what you're doing. And then you look back at the dad and say somehow, well, this is your fault and you need to pay for it. And really what it is, and you know, I, I, it pains me to even hear you say that you're being forced to pay child support for literally like the theft of your own child, basically. Well, that's, that's the thing. That's insane to me. When, when all this happened, she actually abducted him from when he was six months old to over a year, uh, about 18 months. I didn't see him. She took off. I came home to an empty apartment. I came home literally after a weekend that I went back to visit my parents in another city. I came back when I, when I said, I said, look at, you know, yeah. if this isn't, if you're not going to fix what you did to be able mm-hmm. to, you know, acknowledge me and my family as, you know, the biological parents to, to him, I'm going to get a lawyer. And I meant it because I was going to, and I started that yeah. process and she knew that. So when I went to visit my parents, she cleaned it out, came back to an empty apartment an empty apartment that get this, my parents were the co-signers for that. <laughs> they had to pay for all the damages, the extra month's rent that were still on the lease. It's like thousands of dollars, man. Wow. Thousands of dollars. We had to pay to pay out the rents of that rent. All my possessions were stolen. Like I wow. had, I had pictures from my Australia trip, my journals, everything, my clothes, like everything was gone. And, uh, and, uh, and then, so she literally, kidnapped my son went to the other side of canada filed an ex parte order making up all this stuff why she had to flee the one problem she was in to go here got a got a, a an order for sole custody got a re- restraining order against me uh mm-hmm. got a child support order for me and mm-hmm. a few other things i can't even remember and then uh what happened was when i finally moved and relocated out there to be closer to him and start the proceedings there I said, hey, how can, you, how can you grant all these orders without even hearing my side of it? Yeah. Here's really what happened. I went to go file and get, start, get a lawyer here. She freaked out, thought that she would lose her you know, custody. Number. And I didn't even really want to break up at this point. I just wanted my fatherly rights and protect myself in case something right. happened in the future, like it just did. And then uh, the court was like, oh, well, we granted these orders because you weren't here. I was like, well, I was never contacted about this. It was just like, hello. Um, And it was like you said, it was an uphill battle ever since then. Because even when I went to the police, they said, well, what did you do to make her leave? So what do you mean? (laughs) What did I I do? Right. I got a lawyer. I wanted to, I wanted to get my, I I wasn't registered on the birth certificate. She gave him her last name. Like I wanted to install my, you know, fatherly, my rights. And they're like, that's it? I'm like, yeah, that's it. And they're like, oh, but they didn't, be- I could see they didn't believe me. They thought I did something. Right. And I was like, look, I'll right. take a lie detector test now. 
I'll do anything, you know, like I'm just trying to freaking be a dad here. Yeah. Um, right. And, and yeah, what, what a deadbeat you are. She leaves to the other side of Canada and you're such a deadbeat that you move and you follow. <laughs> and I dropped everything, man. And that wasn't the only time I moved like three or four times in that 10 years period. Kind crazy. Of, I flew to Australia. She moved to Australia for a while. I flew to Australia to go visit him twice. Wow. Twice. It's sad, man. You so know, and, I, and you know, I, I always maintain that the worst, the uh, the person who's victimized worse or the worst in all of this is the child. It's yeah, not you. Sure. It's not me. It's our kids, man. Like yeah, exactly. they're the ones that take the brunt of, and that are gonna one day they're gonna have to come to terms with. Oh wow! Like I got lied to, and I got ripped off. Like I was denied a relationship with my mom or my dad and for what for what for nothing for her own power for her own agenda yeah. and have you read any of ryan thomas's stuff are you familiar with him yeah i have i uh he uh we got connected through when when my video dropped you know and so i've been watching sort of his battle going on and uh yeah well, Ryan, Ryan, he's got some great resources, you know, like he, he was the son of, a, of an alienated father. So he was separated from his dad for like decades. And then later in life, he reconnected with him. And now they have a phenomenal relationship. And he totally, wow. cut, he totally cut off the relationship with his mother after he realized how she poisoned him against her fa his father. And, um, and uh, he's got these great books, you know, like I'll, I'll have them linked below here. Like I, I've read all of his stuff and he's got, you know, just phenomenal literature on what it's like as a child going through this. And, um, and he, his dad actually just wrote a book too that I read and, uh, it really shares the, just the freaking torture and trauma that, uh, women and men go through when they're separated from their children. Um, so I would say that that's one of the best resources out there. Another resource I would, I would say is there is a Facebook group, called Parental Alienation Worldwide Support Group. I'll have the link below here. And there's over 30,000 people uh, in this group. And that just shows you how, you know, um, how prevalent this is. And there's, there's just, there's horror stories in here. Um, I'm just gonna read the, uh, the intro to this group. The founder is Ken, I'd love to get this guy on the show too. Uh, the, the intro says, you are not alone. We are here coming together as a global community to speak out and speak up against what is happening to our children. We will no, no longer tolerate our children being alienated from uh, one half of their family at the hands of adults who are supposed to love them and are a form of the corrupt family court. Um, and, and if you just read some of these, some of these posts by parents, man, it's, it's just like you said that you've been getting in your inbox from people that saw your video. It's just, it's just heart wrenching, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's just so awful and yeah. there's gotta be a solution. And, you know, one of the projects I'm working on, like I said, is just to have something set up, just a peer to peer contract, um, you know, I'll have you know, a link. It's funny, it, it's funny that you mentioned contract, your idea. Yeah. You know, we had a standard in our country, right? Our, our justice system has always been a system that was based on finding the facts, right? And finding who's at fault. Where's the liability, right? 
that all changed relatively recent. This new experiment that we're engaging in and, and, and the way divorces are handled in family court, it's relatively new. No-fault divorce has only been around since 1969. Right. Thank you, Ronald Reagan, for that. I don't know why the hell he did that, but California was the first, uh, first state to pass a no-fault divorce law, meaning that uh, a divorce could be granted for virtually any reason or no reason whatsoever. Right. And, you know, the problem with that is that the court stopped treating marriage like a contract. Yeah, exactly. When it, it all in jurisprudence, it's always been treated as a contract. Right. Because it is you're taking serious vows. You're, you know, and, and, and making a, a pretty serious commitment. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate that no, no fault divorce really allowed um, the government to come into the private realm of the family and just wreak all sorts of havoc. And once they realized they were able to incentivize it through title four D and the social security act game over They're they're <laughs> they're there and they're going to hold on to that. Like a, you know, like a bulldog on a pork chop, you know, cause it makes a lot of money. It's multi-billion dollar industry. Like you said before, you know, but I mean, to me, it sounds that simple. It's like, you know, Oh, how does a court proceeding go when there's a car accident? Are you at fault? No. Okay, cool. Then you don't owe anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't cause the accident. Right. And yeah. uh, I mean, may maybe I'm just too much of a simpleton. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know, but I kind of think the same way, you know, with divorce, it's like, if you're a mom or a dad and you didn't file for the divorce, you didn't force the other person to go on welfare, then you're not responsible to, to, to pay it back. Yeah. It's, you didn't cause anything. You didn't do it, you know? And as long as you're there willing to say, no, I'll take my, I'll gladly take custody of my child 50% of the time and provide whatever he needs. Then the government should just leave both parents the hell alone. You know, I think both parents have a responsibility to equally provide. And I think the best way to do that, give, give two fit parents 50, 50 custody, uh, sure. as long as they're fit parents and then leave them the hell alone. Yeah. You know, amen, brother. Like, I think that that is what, it, just look at how that would just change the world. You know, like it really would just take the biggest stress factor. There's two things, death of a family member and death of a relationship, especially yeah. with kids is, are the two most intense situations anyone could ever go through. And you can't deal with death. Sorry, we're all going to die. You can't fix that, but we can fix this problem. And mm -hmm. that's, that's what I want to do. And just having it simplify that, we're reasonable people. Imagine if you could just go in and have a agreement that, hey, if we get separated, you can set the terms yourself. You can be in control of your parenting, uh, parenting um, uh, future and your financial future. Set the terms yourself. Don't give it to some stranger in a freaking robe that hasn't even looked or read your file to understand the dynamics of your case because they don't. They're so do. they can't read everything. Like. My, I still have my parents' house in Canada. I've got cartons, dude, cases, <laughs> cases of files, yeah. cases. And one yeah. day I want to say, hey, you know, my boy, this is what really happened. This is the effort yeah. that I really put in. Right. And just be like, this is what I did. And mm -hmm. I'm sorry it wasn't enough, but I did everything possible. And one thing that I, uh, my dad said to me that I'll never forget, he said, you know what, son? I can't believe you've done everything you've done. 
at that age that you've just put up with all this and went through, you just, you just, you did it. You know, you did everything you possibly could have. And he says, to be honest, if I had to go through all that craziness, even at my age now, I would have walked away years ago. When I heard that, it was the first time I really realized how heavy of a situation I was in and what I really went through. Cause my dad is like, he's phenomenal. He's the best. He's my best friend. And I have so much respect for him because he always does the right thing. But if when he said that he wouldn't have been able to sustain and, and persevere as long and as much as I did, that really put it in perspective. Like this was a heavy situation. And that's why there's so many parents out there or, or father or children out there without parents. Cause most people, like you said, the, you can't have work and court because you know, one of them has got to go. And most people just by, you know, survival, they're like, okay, well, I got to work to feed myself and my kids. I can't pursue this for years and paying off for this. So ultimately that relationship is severed. They don't get their rights installed. And, you know, that's why we have what you said, one in four biological uh, children don't live with their biological father or parents. Like that's, right. that's why, that's why yeah. people lose control of being able to self govern themselves. Right. Yep. hundred percent, man. Wow. This has been the most emotionally, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh dude. the emotionally charged call I've ever had. And mm. I, I think that it's fair to say it's the most important one as well. And the best one. Um, I don't even know how long we've been talking for, man. I have no idea. I, neither. I didn't even keep track. I have no idea, but I think it went to the directions that, we had no schedule. This is the first time myself and Eric have ever talked. Um, I reached out to him last night and we put this together today. So um, I think that obviously we said what, <laughs> uh, what was on our minds. And, you know, if you're watching this and this makes sense to you, share it, comment, put it out there because it's a message that not too many people are willing to share publicly but it needs to be exposed and change won't happen unless there's change makers willing to make it happen. And I think with what you did with your video over a million views and definitely, as I said, I would love to work with you to try and, you know, structure to try and keep you out of jail, man. That's, I can't believe it. <laughs> Can I ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm 31. You're 31. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 31, never been arrested before. Never uh, committed any crime, but, uh, you know, the government wants their money. And if you can't pony up the dough, they're willing to crack the whip over you and send, send fathers to jail. And, I mean, think about it. I mean, it's just they, they send a dad to jail, and it's like my kids don't get to see me then for however long they want to keep me in a, locked up in a cage. So, Well, there's going to be a GoFundMe account under this video. Guys, let's keep this father out of jail so he can keep being the, the father that his kids need. You know, let's just make this video go viral, share it out, and whatever you can give, just do it for, do it for what's right, you know. And also, when you see fathers out there or mothers that are going through a tough time, reach out to them. It doesn't have to be financially, but just support them, listening to their story, connecting them with resources. Um, we're freaking people. Anyone watching this, you could be in our situation, right? 
If you're out there dating, having relationships, having sex, you can have a kid. If you get married to 52%, this is going to happen. This is not something that's just like a one-off. This is happening to millions and billions of people around the world. Like there's 7 billion people, you know, 3.5 of them are going to get separated. It's just a fact. So um, I don't think there's anything more important. And that's why I'm dedicating my next project to build out these um, abilities to protect people's parenting rights and have, you know, peer-to-peer -peer contracts in place so that lawyers aren't the ones dictating how much you have to pay to have a relationship with your kids and judges aren't going to dictate how much time you can spend with your children. You're going to have a way to submit that if it even needs to go to court as the baseline, like the bills that are trying to get passed for 50, 50 parenting. So, um, Eric, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to kind of, uh, say to wrap things up here before we put a bow on this, uh, this baby and <laughs> yeah just thank you so much for having me appreciate you for for watching the video it's been great talking to you man it's like i already feel like i've known you for years hearing about your struggle and it's like dude i mean everything that you said i've been there done that you know and uh for anyone out there any moms dads that are struggling and, and, and with the same sort of issues not able to see their kids keep fighting hang on don't lose hope and i mean there's twenty five thousand dads that that unfortunately take their lives every year because how, how many 25,000 25,000 yeah that's the last figure I heard is 25,000 fathers every year will commit suicide due to being alienated from their kids through family court or just you know drama post-divorce and it's a traumatic thing and so if you're a father and or you're a mom and you're going through it can't see your kids you know it's uh I know it's hard, but I guess the last thing I would say is keep fighting for your kiddos. Don't ever give up on them. And, um, you know, I'm always available. I mean, if any, you know, I, I've had so many parents reach out to me, you know, you're, you're not alone. Uh, it is hard to talk about this issue because I mean, it's, it's personal and it's ugly and it's, you know, real dramatic and, you know, who wants to talk you know, air their dirty laundry out to the public, but you know, the best way to, you know, to uh, uh, deal with something like this is to shine a light on it, you know? I couldn't have said and it. expose it. I couldn't have said it better myself. Two thoughts came to mind, 25,000 people. Can you, people just like close your eyes and what I want you to do is go on to Google and put in, you can do this actually, I've done it before for five, a group of 500 people because I went to a conference with 500 people. I wanted to see how much, how much volume 500 people look like. And I got this image of what 500 people look like and it was insane. I want you to do that for 25,000 people. Go to Google, type in crowd of 25,000 people, just so you can visualize how many of those people are no longer here now and how many children that's affected. And uh, I don't wanna get all spiritual and religious, but I'm actually Catholic. I go to church every Sunday and I'm gonna pray a rosary right after this call for those people that have lost their lives due to this 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 epidemic 25,000 people dying that's an epidemic and the last thing I'm gonna say I'm going to get Eric set up with the calendar and he's going to start I actually have a calendar set up it's like a calendar where you can kind of go and select a time to set up a one-on-one -on -one call I'm gonna try and get you set up with your own consulting practice where you can actually coach other people going through this to try and help fund your case to keep you out of jail. 
So if you want to set up a one-on-one -on -one call with uh, Eric, um, I actually have a coaching practice that I use myself. We'll both have our links up there to Calendly. Uh, you can do a, a free 15-minute consultation, and if you want to work with him to have ongoing counseling and support through this process that you're going through, it's going to be going to a good cause to help keep him out of jail, and it'll also help you learn from everything that he's researched, that he spent the last few years of his life doing all the hard work to help protect parents, maintain a relationship with their children, and this is the best value he's offering to society, and you can actually start paying him for that service because it's the best thing you can invest in your relationship with your children. So we're going to have these links below. Um, I'm just thinking out loud here to try and help my brother out and also help you out watching this. If you're trying to navigate these stormy seas of family court, you need a captain to help guide you. And that's what we're here to do. So I think that's a great way to wrap up. Um, share this comment below, put this out in groups, and uh, let's, let's spread this message to try and help bring kids back to their parents. Let me just stop this. Well, if you listen to the end, congratulations. You know me now more than I would say 99.5% of anybody else that I've actually met in real life because this is just not something that I share often, if ever, with anybody. So, man, I kind of feel relieved to kind of finally just drop this and get this out there, and hopefully it can serve others and offer support and mostly the feeling that you're not alone. You know, like if – I think one of the biggest fear things about shame is that you feel that it's only you going through this. And as you can see in the resources here, there's literally millions and millions of very caring, loving, good, wholesome parents that have been separated from their children, either A, due to a crazy vindictive ex, or B, the corrupt family system. And man, it's time to stop this. Like it's destroying families. It's just child abuse on the most vicious level of separating a child from their parent for no reason. So let's go ahead and make this episode go viral. Let's go ahead and share this out to Facebook groups, to news outlets, to whatever venues you think would be a good platform to have this on. Let's make that happen. All right. And as always, if you want to talk deeper about this, I offer a free one-on-one -on -one coaching and counseling session. And this is a topic that I have had a number of clients reach out to me about because it is so just fucking traumatizing. And you do need therapy. You do need counseling. You do need support. You do need coaching. You do need someone to just let you dump all the emotions you're going through and put together a plan of action so that you don't let something like this ruin your life. I could have easily let this ruin my life. Since this, I've had amazing relationships. I've traveled the world. I've put together a lifestyle design that is just unparalleled. And is my life full? No, because the biggest part and the most important life in my part of my life is missing, which is my son. But is it, is it, a good life? Yes, it is. So I hope that this gives you hope that whatever you're going through, you can create something awesome with your future. Don't let 
this sociopathic ex of yours ruin your future because that's them winning something else, right? So the best revenge you can get is just going out and making a massive success of your life. So that is my two cents and what I've strived to do with my own. And hopefully this will make an impact um, or potentially prevent you. If you're getting married, be very careful is all I'll say. And make sure that you get a prenup and also a parenting prenup, not just financially protect yourself, protect yourself for your parental rights. And if you want to talk more about that, I'll show you what a resource is that can really help you with that. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next episode where I reveal my family heritage DNA through the DNA kit that I did for both my parents. It was really, really fun to record that and see their reactions. And yeah, that'll be coming up next. See ya. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.